Welcome back to Worship Weekly. Like, comment, share, and subscribe. This week we return to Reverend Jackson's testimony. Last week where he left off, he was about to start working on a new building. We'll spend one more Sunday without the music, but I promise we'll have some for next week when we get back to the shorter sermons. I had a man coming to church with me. His daddy had a construction company. He said, I'll bring my nose over here and clean it up for you. He brought his nose and cleaned it up. He said, now we've got to get a bunch of field dirt and put it in there. Your... Well, you can put a slab on it. I said, no, sir. There's all the dirt you need right there on the side. God told me to take it off from there. He said, you ain't got enough dirt there, sir. I said, yes, sir. God told me to get it from there. He said, you can't do that. I said, show me how to run that dozer before you leave. And I got up on that dozer and showed me how to run it. I said, I'll see you. He said, I'll be back in a couple of hours. I'll bring a couple of dump trucks. We'll go get some dirt. He said, I said, okay. And when he got back, I done had a 72-foot by 32-foot mound put up, packed down by that dozer. But I didn't finish it because I didn't know how to grade it off with a dozer. That boy come back, couldn't believe his eyes. He said, you'd have never made me believe that. You had that kind of dirt over there. I said, I told you God's in it, brother. And God been with me ever since. I mean, he started out with me. He ain't never left me. We built a nice building, 72 by 32. Had air conditioning, a wooden building. We bricked it a year later. And God bless, I went to the bank that I was told I couldn't get no money. And I, I went in there to get some money. And, and I looked, put some money in there. That's where we done business. I put our church money in there. I walked out and God told me before I walked out, I said, go see the manager. He'll loan you some money. And I walked outside the bank. I said, God, I can't get no money. I've done told I couldn't get no money here. I tried four different banks. I couldn't get no money. And I walked back in there after I told God I couldn't get it. I went to the lady. I said, I want to see the manager. He heard of me. He said, come in here, Reverend Jackson. Could I help you? I said, I need to borrow $8,000 bill of building out there. He said, you get it. I said, you can get it in five minutes. Get these papers filled out by a lawyer. Come back and you got your money. You got your loan. He said, I said, I'll buy that acre of ground. My God. Man said he sent it to me. I bought the acre of ground. Went to a lawyer. We got it fixed up. We got incorporated. The lawyer said, you don't have to incorporate a church. I said, yes, sir, that protects me and the people. We got it incorporated and got the, th- got the money back. And I had a load of lumber come down. At the, we put a slab down. I ordered a slab, $2,200. Then we needed to build a building, and my preacher from uh, Air Base Road Baptist Church, Brother Sharp, brought about 40 people there one Saturday, Friday night, on a bus, and that was a naked slab Saturday morning. And we had about 40 or 50 from Junction City, and they came, and we put that thing in the dry on a Saturday. The newspaper come and took pictures of it and said they ain't never seen anything like it in their life. It was a naked slab that morning when they passed. When they come back by, it was a slab with a building on it. It was decked out. With, we didn't have the roof on. We had black paper, felt paper on top of it. 
that's the way it was. God just kept blessing us. We, we stayed 125 people, 150 people. We bought a bus. I had a little van that I picked up people in. One of my men said, I know where a little bus is. I said, he said, let's buy it. We bought that bus and $800 and picked up people that he drove it. Then we bought another bigger bus. We had two buses and a van, a suburban, to go out and pick up people. We was going within 50 miles of the church. We grew up, we outgrew every church around there within 30 or 40 miles. I was running Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, 150 to 200 people, just about every service. We had people saved Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. We was getting them from everywhere, pulling them out of there. I had a man lived in Elorado, Arkansas. He had the biggest bus. He brought a load of people in every service, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. We had crowds there. We had good revivals. We had a spirit church, spirit-filled church. God blessed me. I preached as hard as I could. Didn't know nothing, but God showed me. I'd study at night, early in the morning, go to work, work that, until one day I couldn't. I said, I'm going to go to church. They gave me $30 a week. Then they went up to 50 Then they kept on going to, they finally paid me $300 a week. And I was a full-time pastor. Man, listen, I preached everywhere. That little town of 700 people. We were running 200 in church. And people couldn't believe it. They'd come and see me. they want me to come preach to their church, try to fire them up. Most of them I preached to was dead churches. But the people couldn't. Didn't understand. They didn't want to hear no preaching. Hard preaching against sin. And I preached everything that book had, from cover to cover. I didn't slack nothing. Because I believe you ought to preach all the book. I don't believe you ought to slack it. I believe you ought to let people know what that Bible says and preach it. It's not what I say, it's what the Bible says. I used to say God said it. I believe that settled it. I don't say that anymore. God said said it. That settles it, whether I believe it or not. And then I stayed there 14 years. We had a Christian school for three years. We graduated a couple of lady girls out of our Christian school. We had a bunch of more kids. Go. We got what we couldn't afford it no more. And the Christian school was hurting our church. So we got down to about 100 people. So I got it. Shut the school down, got back in the church business, and built the church back up. I went down in Pierre Park, Louisiana, to help an evangelist. I led singing, my wife played the piano. They didn't have a piano player. They didn't have a song leader. We went down there on a Wednesday night. The preacher said, they won't hear you preach. I said, man, that's your revival. I don't want to preach in your revival. Mess your revival up. He said, they want to hear you preach Wednesday night, and you're going to preach. I preached Wednesday night, and they called me to pastor that church. I told them I couldn't accept that. There was 15 people living in a trailer house. I was living on a lake in a nice big house with a porch all around it on two big lakes in the woods on 125 acres for nothing. God let me live there with my family. And I'll tell you what. I didn't want to leave there, but I left there, Pierre Park, went back home, and God spoke to my heart and said, you're going to be there. And I said, I'll come back and preach to y'all. 
I went back there on Sunday morning, preached Sunday night, preached, and Thursday night services were they had. I preached Thursday night. They all called me to preach. I prayed about it. I said, Lord, I can't live off of $125 a week. That's all they could afford to give me. So I said, Lord, if you'll answer two prayers for me, I'll take that church. I know you there. I said, if you'll give me $150 a week, and if you'll take it, let me have a 100% vote. I know that you in it. They all voted, and they told me, I said, how many is voted? Everybody said one little lady. She was a little French woman. It's all French people down there. She couldn't speak English, hardly. She spoke French. And they call, I said, call her up and see if she's for me. Oh, she loved me to death. She said, well, I'm going to sit 100% for Sister Jackson and Brother Jackson. So I said, okay. I didn't say nothing about money. I never asked for money. God always taking care of me. They said, uh, we men don't give but $125 a week. That's all the church can afford. But we got five men who wants to give $5 a week. We're going to wind up giving you $150 a week for the pastor in the church. I said, okay, I'll take it. That was my prayers that was answered. I stayed there four years. I built the church up from 15 people to 85 people. Preachers from all around that area came. They never heard that church do anything like that. They came there to see it and and get into services. And I preached some of the church preachers that came because they couldn't believe what they seen. But God blessed us down there. The first year I was there, I led 125 people to the Lord. I baptized about 85. And I stayed there. We had lost people bringing people to church that they get saved because they loved my preaching and they knew God was in it. I had one queer got saved down there. We're driving from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And he come down and I preached one Sunday morning on queers in Romans chapter one. And uh, he come up, come to me, talk to me, says, I'm a queer. And I said, my uncle got the food with me when I was a kid. And I became a queer like he was. And Brother Jackson, I want to get saved, get out of there. I led him to Christ, baptized him. Some of the people was upset over it, but I baptized him. He was a member of the church. I said, he's just as good as us. He's a Christian. I'm a Christian. You're a Christian. Don't say anything about it. That's where he, God wanted him at in his church. He drove every Wednesday night, hundred and something miles, come hear me preach. And on Saturday night, Friday night, he'd come down and sleep with his sisters in his brother-in-law's house. He'd cook meals for us on Sunday. He took us out to eat, and we ate at his sisters on many of Sundays that he cooked. He knew how to cook, and he was always tickled to death because he got saved. And he changed, and he'd bring queers with him. And he'd tell me, he said, Brother Jackson, I brought a queer tonight. Somebody you need to talk to, speak, speak to, preach to him, tear his eye up. That's what he needs, that he might get saved. I never had another one saved, but they heard the word of God. That man stayed in church. I stayed down there about a, after he got saved about a 
year and a half after that, then I left the church. Come back here to Tioga. Well, my father-in-law had died. And my wife had a place here. Tioga, Road Gully Road, 15 acres of old house and big barn. And he had a lot of stuff. And people was going to take it and steal it and stuff. So we went over here and moved in that old house. I've pastored since I've been here. A little here and a little there. Trying to help churches. But I want to tell y'all something. I went to Mexico one time. And I preached three nights. We stayed down there for a week. We drove from El Rado, Arkansas to Mexico. And I preached one night on hell. I gave my testimony, what I'm giving right now. We had 110 people get saved that night. And that preacher said, you know how many got saved? I said, no, sir, I don't. He said, 110. I said, how you know that, brother? He said, listen, I got people out there in the audience, and they was getting their names and their addresses and their ages. Well, we could get them in church. I said, we stayed there about 10. We stayed 17 days away from the house. I picked up my wife in Texas at a camp meeting where she was with some more preachers and their wives when I come out of Mexico. I enjoyed when I was in Mexico. I preached every night for three nights in a row, and folks got saved, giving my testimony about how I come out of Catholicism. I want you to know, brothers and sisters in Christ, if you're listening to me this morning, it's not what's over the door that counts. It's what's in your heart. You better make sure you ask Jesus to forgive your sins and ask him to come in your heart and save you. Because if you don't, you must stay wide open. Listen, I went to bed with a rosary in my hand every night and said all the ro- rosary. Woke up in the morning with it in my hand. Never done me an ounce of good. I went to priest and confessed my sins several times. Never done me a dime bit of good. But when I met Jesus, it done the work for me. Now, I will tell you something. I love the Lord. And I appreciate it. My kids are saved. I got a boy and a girl. They're both saved. Their children are saved. And they're just about all in church. My son don't go to church like he really needs to go. But he's saved. And he's got a sweet wife and He's got a young boy he's raising. He's going to be 18, graduate this year. He's going to go to college. And uh, he's got two girls. Both of them's got babies. And I want you to know, they all supposed to have been saved under my ministry. I thank God for it. My grandson, uh, he's uh, putting this on the Internet for me. And I appreciate him doing that because I'm not able to stand up a long time and preach anymore. But uh, I would try it again. I would. If I get a chance, I'd preach any word that I can. And uh, I've got a lot of people that's called me up and thank me for them going to their church, my church, that they got saved. I don't have nothing to do with it. It was all done by Jesus Christ. If it wouldn't have been for God, I couldn't have done nothing. God had his hand on me. He's had his hand on me since I've been born. And he really had his hand on when he called me to preach. And I won't tell you, he's filled with a double portion of the spirit of Elijah. That day in the woods, 
when I made my fleece. I knelt down and prayed. Then I stood up and said, that's all. I want you to know I feel the rage going through me where he was filling me with the power of God. He knew I needed to build some churches. And Johnson City was a tough little church to build. Just about everybody in that city in that town of seven other people was against me. They had a bunch of more churches, but they was dead. Some of them's closed up today. But I want you to know God took a little church Bible Baptist Church on the side of the road out there three miles out of town going towards Treeport on Louisiana line. We built two big buildings and I bought three acres of ground all together and we had people saved. Just about every service I can thank God for. My One of my bus men asked me one day to go to El Dorado, Arkansas had five hoes want to talk to me. I said, I'll go with some of the men. Where we going? I said, we'll all go. I had about five, six men that used to knock doors Saturday evening in Elrod, Arkansas. We pulled a lot of people out of there. I went up there, and he knocked on the door and told the lady, he says, my pastor's here. You want to meet him? Here he is. He said, yeah. She said, we want to meet him. So he's about to put us out of business. We want to see that man. So all five of them come out in front of their apartment. And me and my men got out. And I told them who I was. Introduced myself. Told them about Jesus. Told them they need to get saved. Now one of them got saved. We prayed for them. We turned around there. And we drove off. I want to tell you something there. That was a privilege to do that. I said, I'll tell you what. That's I was hoping somebody would get saved, but they didn't. But God knows we planted a seed in their hearts. They could have got saved later after I moved off. I don't know. But I know this, that in eternity God knows, and I'll see somebody. Now, I want you all to know that uh, I'm at home at uh, First Faith Baptist Church, and uh, we uh, I've been enjoying preaching these messages. We could be put on internet because I want a lot of people to hear it. I'll be preaching on it. I want y'all to hear my testimony. Some of you might think I'm crazy what I told you. That's all right. I know how God put his hand on me. I know he still got his hand on me. Me and my wife. My wife always played the piano for me. My daughter, my wife played the organ. My daughter played the piano. Either one. They could play. My son played the guitar. I had five guitar players in church that played, and, they, and I loved it. I loved guitar music, gospel music, and they played. And we thank God for them people, and I'm still friends with most of them people that ain't died. So a lot of them has died since I've been up there. Some of them I've buried, and some of them somebody else buried. I buried lots of people at uh, in the nursing homes. There's a lot of them nursing homes that didn't have anybody to bury them. And my son-in-law's ex-stepmother brought them. And she used to come out there with her husband. Loved to hear me preach. 
and she come out there and supported me. And she says, I want to open the doors to both of these nursing homes. I want you to come and preach. Before I left Johnson City, I was preaching about eight times on Sunday. I was preaching and teaching Sunday morning at church. I was preaching and teaching Sunday night at church. During the evening, I was preaching in two nursing homes. And I was preaching Sunday night. And I want you to know that it was tough for me. I believe that's why God, after 14 years, let me go to Pierre Park to get some rest while I could rest. I said, oh, well, I believe that's why he brought me back here into Tioga while I could rest because I was wore out. My health ain't like it used to be. I used to get stir up the crowd up, run around the building, preaching hard. I've had Pentecostal preachers run behind me, shouting. I'll tell you what, I've had preaching, meeting in Pentecostal church, one or two of them, several Assembly of God churches, and a bunch of Baptist churches. The only one that won't let me preach that I've tried to get back into is the Catholic church. They won't let me preach. We went to five of them around Pierre Park. Me and another preacher, ex-priest, he was a Baptist preacher. And they run us all off that one. One of them listened to us, Mark. In Pierre Park, the Catholic Church once a year had a festival. And we went and seen it, sat in our cars and watched it. They had policemen to guard it. They had a truck and trailer full of beer. And they was all out there getting drunk, fighting, cussing, dancing. The priest getting drunk and dancing with somebody else's wife, two or three of them. We sat there and looked at that. They done it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. God have mercy on them people. That wasn't honoring God at all. That was straight out of hell. And I let them know about it. I want to tell you something. That's ungodly. If it's Baptist or whoever it is, that was Catholic Church doing that. That's ungodly as it can be. And I think people need to know that. So I hope my testimony helped you. About like a sermon. I enjoy giving it to you. God bless y'all. I'd ask you one last time. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, bow your head asking me, forgive you of sin. And ask him to come to your heart and save you. And you'll get salvation. I thank you for it. In Jesus' sweet name. Amen. This is Reverend Danny Jackson from the First Faith Baptist Church in Rogue, Louisiana. Talking to travelers on the radio. We'll let y'all know that you need to get saved if you're not saved. And if you are saved, you need to go to church. And if you don't go to church, you ought to be shaming yourself.